den mothers are really proud to work with companies that they absolutely love and can stand by deeply. (laughs) The Frame Creative Agency helped us rebrand the Den Mothers podcast better than we ever could have imagined. If you haven't seen our new scheme, our new content, go check us out at the Den Mothers on Instagram to see the Frame Creative Agency magic. And if you have been running your own company for a couple years and you're sick of doing your own graphics and know that somebody could do it better, it's Frame Agency who could do it better. So go find them at the Frame Agency on Instagram and tell them that the Den Mothers sent you for $500 off of one of their packages. Welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast. We are almost 50 episodes in to the podcast. Can you believe that? Wow. This is episode number 48. So for all the Wolfpack members that have been here since day woo, (laughs) thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. We love you so much. We love our Wolfpack. We had another great one-on-one well, two-on-one session with one of our Patreon members. And boy, do we love meeting our our VIWP. Yes, our very important Wolfpack members over on our Patreon really make our dreams come true. It's only $5.55 a month, and you get entered to come hang out with Camille and me for an entire hour. Like every month we do a drawing, and we love meeting you. So If you've listened to all 48 of our episodes, you have to join our Patreon. It only makes sense. It only makes sense. Have to join our Patreon. We have eight bonus Q&As on there. We post extra fun little content. And you have the chance to win a meeting with the two of us. So head to patreon.com slash the Den Mothers if you are interested in joining our VIWP community. Yes. I'm so excited to be talking about something that's really, really changed my life. What can I say? And me too. Yeah, totally changed your life. Today we're talking about vulnerability. The power of it, baby. Power of vulnerability. If you are a Brene Brown fan, we will also be mentioning her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you're not, we will also be mentioning her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I'm really excited about this, but I'm also very excited about weekly updates because this time I have quite a few things. But of course you have quite a few things too. It's so annoying. We actually took a week off of recording, so we didn't have an episode last week. So thank you for waiting. This episode will be worth the wait. We have many things to talk about on the Lauren and Camille front today. Lauren, kick us off. Can we just talk about how you said it's so annoying that I have fun updates? Yeah, it's because I'll have fun updates and yours are better. (laughs) Yours are better. They're not better. It's just because I'm always moving and grooving. It drives me crazy. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to try to be so boring this week. Okay. So that next week the my updates can just suck. But yeah, I hit it with something super monotone. Yeah, I don't know. because uh, Honestly, so- my updates, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I built that up a little bit too much. And I try not to do that anymore where I build things up and make it sound really cool. So my updates are subpar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lauren. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me kick this off. So I, boy, what have I done over the last two weeks? A lot. A lot. So Shane and I left Washington, which was really hard. And I'm going to announce here that we totally fell in love with it there. I wasn't sure the first month I had my whole epiphany about moving to New York. Announced it everywhere. Then the second month of our trip, I fell so in love with nature and with being there and we found our perfect little coffee shops our perfect little areas like it started to just feel like a story book and so then all of a sudden it was really hard to leave 
things change. I just sent out a whole email about this to my email list. Please sign up if you haven't already. That's where I send out my best work. I've been working so hard on my ebook. And then we drove very quickly to Montana. Right. We're moving to Montana. That's been the plan. Everybody knows that's the plan. Washington for two months, then Montana for two months. Well, we got to Montana and the second we got there, I got depressed. (laughs) I was like, I don't think I can do this for two full months because it isn't their peak season, which is fine. It's just we arrived to the house and it, it just wasn't what we thought. And we got really nervous because, you know, Shane's mom has been having some serious health stuff. And we just wanted to be a little bit more mobile. Like there's nowhere to really fly in and out. It was two and a half hours away, blah, blah, blah. So we just got totally over it and literally left two days after we got there. So they hated it. (laughs) I was screaming, I hate it here. I hate it here. And Shane was like, okay, we have to go. Shane was like, all right, fine. Yeah, he's like, okay, because Shane in his heart is a Montana boy, which I I actually love that about him. He has been doing early morning freezing cold plunges. He's been finding rivers, lakes, streams. He cannot stop cold plunging. Yeah. Pre-dawn hours, before the sun comes up. Like, I, he's just become a wild man, and I just love that, but wow, it's, not for me. It's so great. So anyway, right now I'm recording from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is awesome. We went snowshoeing yesterday. We're just having the time of our lives. We extended our hotel stay. And now I get to go see my good friend and her little baby in Utah. So I'm so excited. And we have really exciting things on the horizon. Really exciting things. But I think you need to tell about a plan that's changed. Okay. Okay, I'll say it. It's embarrassing. Okay. Okay. I am not moving to New York anymore. <laughs> okay? I did it. I said it. I'm not moving there. Because Lauren, I'm sorry, excuse me. Lauren likes uh-huh. to Oh no. Be really excited about something. Tell uh-huh. everybody. No. Nope. And then <laughs> have a little breakdown reflect, realize it's not what she wants, and change her plans. (laughs) So they went from two months in New York to one year in New York, or two months in Montana to one year in New York. Now the plan has changed. No time in New York. Two days in Montana. (laughs) I mean, you've just got, my parents are just like, what the hell happened here? (laughs) Nobody knows where I'm going to be. But you know what? Honestly, that's how I want to live. And I think yeah. it's just who I am. Like, and it's also who Shane is, which is really great. The thing is about New York is that we put down a ball sack load of money to move there. Okay. It was real. I was actually moving there. I also didn't tell the Wolfpack that I actually, I was going to pursue stand-up comedy. I don't know if I'm still going to do that. But I even went to Seattle and did a stand-up comedy night. And it was good. Like, I had a good It was really good. And people laughed. It It was was really good. Yeah, so. You threw it down. So I threw it down. You know, I went to three different open mic nights to kind of see the experience, what it was all about. And all of a sudden, I just realized when we were in Washington, among other things, like, I totally had a little upheaval in my soul. And I just realized, among other things, that I am not, like, I'm 30. I'm already with the love of my life. I already love my life. And I don't necessarily want to, like, go to New York for a year to be in a city, first of all. That doesn't sound as much fun anymore. And second of all, to be going to, like, a ton of late-night bars to be trying to make people laugh. Like, it just wasn't the... That's just not how I live my life. So it just didn't make, it made sense for the me that wanted to be seen as a star. And it didn't make as much sense for the me who's really just already in love with her life. So yeah, 
So that's what I needed to come into center on. And that's why we're no longer doing that. They're no longer doing New York. It was definitely uh, your soul pulling you in two different ways type of thing. Yes. A, a needing to just reflect and see what you wanted more. Yes. And I realized that what I wanted more is exactly what I already have. And I also did really enjoy doing stand-up. So I'm probably going to be doing that whenever I can, you know, like in San Diego if I'm there, in LA, you know, I love it. And I I want to be better and better and better at it. And I have like 150 jokes written because I was manic and wrote so many jokes. Yeah. We've never really talked about your manic phases. Maybe we will in a different episode. Well, I don't know if it's fair to call them manic because they're, I don't think clinically that's what it is. I don't know. But it's definitely heightened creative energy. Right. Yep. Phases of heightened creative energy. Yes. (laughs) So no more New York. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my email list heard it first. I announced it yesterday on my email list. But our fabulous VIWB, that's why you have to be there, people. Email us. It sounds like it's light right now, but I just have to say that that New York thing really threw me into a pretty dark place for about two full weeks because I really could not figure out what my heart was saying. Like I couldn't figure out if I was supposed to say that that's what I had to do and sorry, you know, I have to do that in my life or if I was being ridiculous and, you know, it was really, it was really tough. I'm not, I I know it sounds funny and everything, but it was tough. I went through it. Yeah. For some people, it seems like just a decision. For Lauren, with the way she feels emotion, it threw her into (laughs) a spiral for a couple weeks. It wasn't just the way I feel emotion. It was actually a healing thing because I've thought my whole life that my eventual outcome of my life was going to be that I'm somehow a huge star. If I'm being honest, it sounds ridiculous to some people, but that's how I felt in my heart. And I knew that I was going to have to face that at some point because it, it hinders me in other ways in what I do for work, how I show up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And booking New York and actually putting a huge amount of money down meant that it was real for the first time that I was like going there to pursue this thing. And it just turned out that that thing felt ultimately totally ridiculous at the end of the day so I needed to go through that but it wasn't a joke and it wasn't just about my emotions it was healing it felt like a psychedelic trip yes maybe New York comes up in another time who knows who knows who knows so either way they're on the road again we're on On the road again and it might be for an extended period of time we have no idea (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my plans are actually in the complete opposite direction. They're in a more grounded manner. Okay. Okay. Number one, I have three. Okay. Number one, my dad came to see me for five days. So fun. He's the cutest man alive. Yes. He's so cute. He's so funny. I saw my sister so much in my dad's eyes this trip. (laughs) His little... His funny mannerisms, yes. And my dad and I are training for a half marathon together. So we did two of our training runs. I took my dad to do an ice bath. We looked at the Tulum ruins, which is the first time I have seen the ruins. Which, by the way, I thought it was going to be this tiny experience where you just go up, you see a couple structures. No. You pull up. It's this whole weird city. (laughs) Yes. And then you have to go a long walk, dirt road, and then you go in and it's these Mayan ruins, which are so unbelievable, almost 2,000 years old. Yes. They found the most ancient Mayan text there, written in there, in the building from 560 AD. That's crazy. 560. Wow. Trust me, I was completely blown away. (laughs) 
Well, I've been there before, but I wasn't able to focus so much on the history because it was like, I don't know, maybe 1000 degrees that day. And yeah. my balls slid down my legs. Like, yeah, I, it, it was, was so hot for us too. We were almost dying. I mean, we could barely take it. We were dripping sweat, but it was, it was something we had to see. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I went with mom. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yes. I took mom and you took dad. You took mom for your 28th birthday and I took dad for my 28th birthday. Yes. Oh my God. That's really cute. It's so cute. Did you see all of the huge lizards? I took so many pictures of them. (laughs) (laughs) What are they called again? The iguanas? They're iguanas. They're huge iguanas hanging out. Anyway, these ruins are insane, everybody. (laughs) I cannot. When you see structures. Listen, I was an engineer for a while. We're not building anything that's even going to last 100 years these days. Right. Those are 2,000 years old. And you could, just with a little touch-up, probably still live (laughs) in some of them. Just a little touch up. <laughs> Throw a roof on it and it's yeah. a home again. It's a home again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. The cool okay, thing so, about this too is that they're astrologically exact. Like aligned. They, they match up perfectly with the stars. Okay. Doesn't and they were built around the same time. I think these were, maybe it's Chichen Itza, but they were built at like the same time as the Egyptian ones and it's not like they had boats to go chill and tell each other hey what's up over in Egypt we're building this you should do it at the same time something came down those yeah yeah that's one of the most incredible things it's not I feel like it's ridiculous to think that it's just humans I'm not so sure that they're real and I it's the same thing as the moon I can't be fully convinced yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the only thing that I say nay. <laughs> nay. <laughs> it hangs in different positions. It changes shape. Who's doing that? <laughs> I yeah. don't think it's the sun. <laughs> Listen, I'm not fully convinced about the moon either. I'm not fully convinced about the moon. Anyways. <laughs> okay. So that's my first update. We had the best trip ever. My sec. Oh, by the way, I have a little moto, like a little moto motorcycle, little Vespa, but a really beat up one. And dad and I rode around on it the whole time. (laughs) So we, he was driving it around feeling so cool. He wanted to move to Mexico. We were just having a blast. Like think about me and dad on the moto and we're riding everywhere, going down to the beach. I mean, he was just having the best time. I can't, I can't even stand it. Dad is so cute. He's our dad so is cute. 60 years old. And I would say that he's looking great. He's 60. He's looking better than ever. Lost a bunch of weight. He went he just, free diving with Camille. He, he went, went free diving. Okay, yeah. He went to 23 meters free diving. Wait, that's one of my other updates. I hit a PR in free diving. What is a PR? Personal record. Okay. I hit 32 meters. Which is incredible. Over 100 feet. Over 100 feet. So my dad had a personal best, too. He went 23 meters free diving. We did the ice bath. He did an ice bath for six minutes at 34F. I mean, we did seven miles one day for a run, and then another day we did three and a half. Like, I'm sorry, but for 60, he's cool. Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, he's really cool. Okay, so that was my first update. Okay. My second update is that I have decided to pull back from social media. Oh, big shocker. How'd you get to that decision? Big shocker. And it seems funny because I actually don't have that many followers. Total across all platforms, I have about 6,000. Well, that's pretty good. On TikTok and Instagram. But the thing was, I had sort of convinced myself that – my creative streak needed to be going towards building content. And there was a piece of me that it it's a little bit hard in Tulum because you meet a lot of people and you'll add them on Instagram and everybody has a following. Mm-hmm. Everybody has anywhere from tens of thousands of followers to like millions of followers. Right. That you're meeting. So it feels like it's just an external validation thing. We talked about it on our last podcast, but I felt like, okay, I'll say two things about it. 
I have never felt more beautiful in my life. That's great news. And it's not because of the way I look externally, although it is reflecting in that way. Okay. But it's because I've, I've never felt like I understood myself more than I do right now. Right. Which I've, makes me feel pretty. Right. I've spent 10 months or 10 months, you know, after my divorce, really spending time with just myself. Mm-hmm. Like not allowing anybody else's energy to come into my space. I've been meditating every day for a year and a half. I, I feel I feel so aligned with my business. And so I thought that the way I needed to show that to the world was posting more photos and content of me. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like it was the only way to grow my business was to get more followers. And I was sort of making excuses for it. So I knew I needed to make a change, but I knew I couldn't do it alone. So what do I do? (laughs) I, when that happens to me, I have to call Shane and Lauren. And it's always, I always call them when I already know what my heart is saying, but I need a little bit of a push more to do it. So I called them and they're like, you've got to get off social media. You know, they're like, what? Shane just asked me one question. He said, what do you want? What do you want out of this life? And I truly don't know. (laughs) But the one thing I do know is that having a bunch of followers on Instagram does not equate to happiness. And it honestly doesn't even equate to business growth. And that's one thing I do know for sure. Mm -hmm. What I do want to be doing right now is going on my morning walk to get my juice, walking Rudy, spending time with my friends, which I'm having so much fun doing, connecting with people in person. I'm just a total social butterfly. I'm not a social media butterfly. That is the problem. So I, I needed them to tell me to get off. Essentially the next morning, which was not even 10 hours later, I already posted, Hey, I'm pulling back from social media. (laughs) Which Shane was shocked about because Camille put up a little bit of a fight. Like he called us wanting the wanting the juice, but then didn't want the juice. And so we had to kind of slam o down. <laughs> I didn't want the juice. I rejected it a little bit. The, the the inner teenager in me was like, no, I want to be hot online. I want to have social media followers. Yes. And then by the end of the call, I was just like, I already know. I know the reason I'm rejecting it is because it's what I want in my heart, but it it just sometimes it's hard to give something up. Yeah. Especially when you are feeling good and it's like social media is a way to show. I mean, I talked about that on our last episode. Like for some reason, being hot and showing other people that you're hot and getting the validation that you're hot is like it feels like the most important thing in our track. Yeah. It feels like the most important thing. And it feels like a huge dopamine hit because it is. It's a dopamine hit. That's the thing is that everybody's posting so that other people like what they're doing. Right. You're not posting for you. You're not saying like, okay, I'm posting the coolest thing ever. And so there, it's such a hard line between, between, you know, I'm posting this because I need a platform to deliver a message that feels like it's coming from my heart. And then that so easily goes into like, oh, but this is trending. And if I put it in this format with this song, then it's trending and then it will, more people will see it. And now all of a sudden you're in this like external validation loop that you cannot see yourself out of. It's so confusing. Right. And you'll have one video go viral and you're like, oh, that was kind of fun seeing that I got like 18,000 views on that one versus 1,000. So then you're trying to create to go viral instead of producing something from your heart. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I have to say one more thing about this because I'm so disgusted by social media right now. I'm just, I've been on there since the get, pretty much. Like, since, you know, the people that I know who have a million followers now had, like, 
8,000, you know, when I started. Like, I've seen people explode over the past eight years or whatever it's been. I'm seeing videos now of people just exploiting themselves, like, not even realizing it, but being like, these are all the things my boyfriend was doing when he was cheating on me. And it's like making me breakfast every morning. Like, all of this stuff, you know, like, this is the chick that my... I don't know how to say how damaging this is for our souls. Like you're blowing up and going viral, literally exposing parts of your heart that are obviously not healed yet. And now likes and, and validation from other people that that's good stuff to post. And it's just really sad. Like I don't, I, I can't understand what's happening. There's this, there's a trend that's like this is how badly my ex fumbled the bag or something and they show like how hot they are and then how not hot their ex is and I'm like god it's just sad or or this is who he cheated on me with like me versus the one he cheated on me with and I'm just like that is so sad the other person is still a person well and not to mention that all you're doing by doing that is saying I need your validation that I'm right. Yeah. Me. I'm valuable because I'm hot. And look how not hot they are and how unvaluable they are. And that dude chose her. Right. It's just so sad. It's so heartbreaking. For the person posting it, it's so psychologically damaging. I can't get off my soapbox about this lately because I just – and the deeper I dive into myself, the more I'm just like, what is happening? What is happening to our society? Like, these people are like 20 years old, 20, 21, 22. Like, you're not becoming an adult. You're literally reinforcing things that were never really able to be reinforced 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like, people are not good people anymore. What's happening? No. I just, how are we evolving? And I don't think that's evolving. Yeah. Yep. So thanks to all of that, I had to step away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I can see how you can spiral into just creating content that makes sense for views instead of viewing from your heart. And that's honestly what started happening to me, like, it's not that I'm not proud of the content I was creating. Like I, I went back and deleted one video from my TikTok. So I was like, that's just, it's so funny. It just doesn't feel like me. And it just doesn't even feel like me. It's just like, I saw people doing it and I liked it. And so I did the same thing. And anyways, my stuff on Instagram, I actually really love, but again, it doesn't feel like my coaching can be represented in that kind of content because I feel like what I offer to my clients is more than just like three steps to healing your nervous system or three ways to fight anxiety. And I'm not saying I'm not coaching on that stuff. I am, but it doesn't make me and my heart look unique, Mm. which was making me sad. So anyways, I stepped away from it. And so I, I'm not deleting my social media. It's just I'm not going to be posting content on there anymore unless I'm reposting stuff from the Den Mothers. And this trickles into my next update, which is I will be posting or reposting a few things on there from, that's right, my new job. (laughs) Okay, Lewis got a job. I got a job. Oh my God. I got a job. And it's funny saying it's a job because I'm actually so excited about it. It's a job. It is a job. And it's a job working with other people, which is really fun. But I am now hosting ice bath experiences in Tulum. My worst nightmare. It sort of, I love ice bathing. It was actually a huge part of healing my panic attacks and anxiety was using ice bath, going to soak in the San Diego Bay when it was really cold water. I have my ice face in the ice thing for helping cure panic attacks. I love 
ice bathing. Something about my body. I love it. I feel like I can sit in there forever. <laughs> Lauren, on the other hand, it's like I feel like I have really good circulation or something because I sit in there and I can sit in there forever. I – You hate it. I, I don't hate it. It's just what we talked about on the little clip we did today. I'm just not quiet. It's not a, a relaxing experience for me at first. And it takes me about, I don't know, three to four minutes of seriously making a lot of sounds. And I'm not. I, You're not quiet. I pretty much throw a fit at first. Yeah. I can't not. I'm so uncomfortable. And honestly, the thing is. I know that everybody's uncomfortable when they get into an ice bath. I have a problem with my feet. I have a <laughs> problem. Like I have plantar fasciitis and I have circulation problems in my feet. So it's abnormally painful. I, I can't, I know that people are not experiencing this kind of pain. No, trust me. They are. No, they no. are. You're not alone. Yes. I've had people, had people have had to come out, but anyways, okay. This isn't about Lauren and her plantar fasciitis. This is about my new job. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. That's where we were. Okay. Tell about your job. I don't give a shit about your feet. I'm talking about my job. And anyways, I have problems with my feet. So ice bathing is really not good for me. And And this one time, I we don't know if you where I was going. I was going to talk about being nauseous. Oh. I have to get. Out. I mean, I had a whole thing planned. <laughs> I could see you losing it there for a second, and I was just like, "Okay, I need to reel this back in." We're thirty-five minutes in. Okay, let's come back to me. Yes, <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I got so <laughs> twisted. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Anyways, I am doing – I am hosting ice bath rituals with a really cool company, Ice Bath Mexico, and I get to go to these beautiful mansions and retreat centers and beach hotels set up our little ice bath and walk people through ice bathing, which is really walking people through breath work and meditation. Yes. So it's a way to promote my business. It's a way to get more experience in person with people. And I, I was thinking about my business, you know, of working people through trauma and anxiety and these big hard things in their life, but really doing a hard physical activity and having to stay calm throughout it is practice for those hard moments. Mm -hmm. So it's been so much fun. I've already gotten to see two beautiful mansions in Tulum, which I don't think I ever would have seen without it. Because we host private events. We host private breath work and ice bath events. But you can write us on Instagram. I'm working with somebody on Instagram at Ageless Ice. Okay, his name is Jeff. He's so cool. Jeff and his partner, Janice. And we are available for hire anytime. So if you're in Tulum, if you're hosting a retreat in Tulum, we come and set up a beautiful experience for you. And it's so fun for me. I love my job. I love your job. I want to be at my job almost every day. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to be at your job? Yeah. This week, I only have my job on Sunday, and it makes me sad. I wish I had my job every day. <laughs> I want a job. Yeah, I never thought I'd work for somebody again, but it turns out I just, I can work for somebody. It's just, I have to like what I'm doing. <laughs> that is so exciting. Yeah. I you're doing that. Yeah. And that's also thanks to Shane for telling me, Camille, you can do stuff in person with people that's really cool and fun and you get experience. And I was like, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm never working a job again. And then honestly, it just sort of fell into my lap. <sighs> that is exciting. So I have a new job. I love your job. Okay. So that was a really long weekly update, but it had to happen. We are right now. We're on our weekly update grind. But today, you know what? Let's jump into it. We're going to be talking about vulnerability. And really so much of what Camille and I talk about when we're talking about really all healing is this bravery to show up as yourself regardless of what the outcome is going to be. And right. 
that's what vulnerability is. And so many of us really struggle with that and don't even really know what vulnerability is because we've been taught our whole lives by our family structure, by society, you know, whatever, to really mute and hold down how we're really feeling. If we want to scream, most of us don't actually scream. If we want to cry, most of us don't actually cry. And even if we wanted to, sometimes the tears won't come out, right? Because it's been so pushed down that the tears don't feel safe. (laughs) Right. The vulnerability is is so deeply related to us showing emotion. Yeah. We want to share first a quote because Brene Brown has a lot of beautiful content on vulnerability, which I will share a little story about how one of her videos changed my life. Was it the video that I sent you? Because I used to show it to all of my students. Yes. Okay, maybe I'll just tell it here at the beginning. Okay. I was struggling with dating a couple of years ago, four years ago. And I just remember telling Lauren, I, I hate dating. I don't want to go up to people. I hate men. I was in that I hate men phase. Yeah, it was brief, but you were in it. I, I thought all men were terrible after I got ghosted by some idiot. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid idiot. Stupid idiot. Anyways, so Lauren said, oh, Camille, come on. You do not hate men. You're in this weird phase. You need to watch this video. It's what I show all my students. So (laughs) she sent me this video, and we'll link it by Brene Brown. It's a – I think it's a TED Talk on vulnerability or maybe – yeah, it's TED Talk. It's kind of what first put her on the map. Like she did that TED Talk, and it blew up. I think it's like one of the – most watched TED Talks of all time, I think. Yeah. And it's really special. If you have 20, 20 to 30 minutes, you should really watch it. You should yeah. really watch it. So I watched it. I found a newfound passion for vulnerability. And just a few days later, I made the initial contact when talking to my ex who became my husband. Yeah. And without that video, I don't think I would have talked to him that night. Wow. But he sat next to me. I just said a couple words. Who are you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I addressed him first because I had watched that video on vulnerability. And I was just like, you know what? I don't care if I get rejected. I'm saying it. I'm asking who this person is. I have to know. Yes. Yeah. So without that, I might have never been married. That And that was one of the great loves of your life. I feel like it's important to say that when you guys – fell in love you were so in love like your love was was so so in love it was so so in love it really made me believe in love like that love like deep 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 love and it is real we still love him yeah we do so anyway before we get started let's let's share this Brene Brown quote because it's really beautiful it's a little snippet of her work and it's important Okay, this is one of the ones that I wanted to share. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Wow. I think we could do it one more time. Okay, I agree. Let's do it one more time. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Yes. Yes, I love that. Well, many of us, I mean, if you imagine, especially for boys, but even for girls too, the idea of like strong boys don't cry, you need to be a rock for your family. You can't be weak, right? Like if you're hurt, get up. That kind of stuff. It really drills into your head that to be vulnerable or to cry or to express yourself is a weakness. You want right. to be strong and hard and like not be penetrable. And especially mm-hmm. a lot of people who grew up in really rough households or like households where you had to be tough vulnerability and showing your emotion was potentially a weakness. You know, people would have maybe perceived you as more weak. We have to reframe what that means and to have the courage to 
face your emotions and be able to express them is, she says, it's the greatest act of courage. And I agree. It is. I've also noticed this through coaching that people that struggle with vulnerability often were not able to be a kid when Mm. they were growing up. Mm. You see it in people who were maybe immigrant families or the older child of the family who kind of had to parent their kids. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the stay strong for your siblings, protect your siblings in this way, or you have to grow up really fast. Those people also have a really hard time showing vulnerability. I feel like I chose to grow up really fast. Like I wanted to be an adult so bad. I wanted to get my period. I wanted to have boobs. I wanted to be a woman and to be talking to the women. I would eavesdrop on the adults' conversations. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And I, so much of my own work the past couple of years, really like five years though, Mm -hmm. has been relearning who I was as a kid and like coming into those vulnerable moments because when you grow up really fast, Adults are more terrified of rejection than kids are. Yeah. Little kids doing stuff, you know, they'll try a somersault or they'll do art and not be afraid that it's going to be bad. They'll um, wear an outfit that they like that doesn't match. Right. Like they'll take something and like put it on their skin that feels good and it looks weird. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing? But they're very exploratory. They're exploratory. So when you grow up fast, you become more self-conscious faster right. yeah. of how other people are perceiving you. Yeah. And at least for me, that's what gave me a huge wall is that I've actually been extremely conscious of how other people are perceiving me my whole life. Yes. So conscious. And so getting closer to vulnerability and like learning how to just relax and not be so worried that other people are going to think that what I'm wearing is weird or how I'm talking or how I smell or how I have sex. I mean, everything was affected by this. Right. So bad. So bad. So badly. You've had to do a lot of work around vulnerability. I more had to do work around vulnerability in the fact that is this too sad to say? I basically thought I was ugly my whole life. <laughs> I don't think that's sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's it's your truth. It's sad, but it's my truth. Yep. So I would ha- I had a problem addressing people or in dating. Like I would be like, that person will never choose me. I'm hideous. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm it, laughing. It's not that I, <laughs> I'm i laughing too. It's not that I thought I was hideous. I don't know what it was. It was a little bit of a self-worth issue. Honestly, yours came out in a different way, but I had that same exact thing. Yeah. I had that same thing. I wouldn't have said it's because I think I'm ugly, but I would have said like it's because I want – it's because I don't feel worthy of whoever it is on the other right. side. It, yeah. it, it was like, I thought that, that they were maybe stooping down to be with me. Yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? And it was like, I had no idea that that was happening, but it was all the time. Yeah. It's a narrative that we tell ourselves. And it really comes out for me at least, and maybe for you too, because you just gave this example, but in dating and sex. Yes. In sex. It yeah. Was where it came out the most. So a lot of these things we talk about today, we're going to give you a handful of things to do to start addressing these vulnerability issues. And just know that if you're thinking, oh, I don't have trouble with that, really do some internal reflect reflection on your dating life and your how you show up in relationships. And specifically, sexually really take note of what's going on sexually because when we're having sex, whether we realize it or not, it's the most vulnerable thing we can do. Oh, we're yeah. completely opening ourselves up to another person. You're introducing somebody to your body, your smells, your pleasure, your sounds, you know, you have your to- Your whole body. I mean, you're never exposed. <laughs> yeah. You're just fully exposed. And not to mention- 
if you don't feel like you have a struggle with vulnerability, imagine initiating sex, talking to your partner about something that they've done that has upset you, talking to your partner about something you want to try in bed that might be a little bit risque. Right. Like talking to them about maybe you have a thing where you want to try wearing a wig or doing some BDSM stuff. If that makes you feel like you're going to throw up and die, it's a vulnerability thing. Yes, it's a vulnerability thing. And also, I feel like we always have to preface these kind of episodes with this. Right. As we're here talking about vulnerability, we cannot help but to mention, Camille and I have been trying to figure out how to word this, because there's really something specific about when you are opening yourself up to somebody and wanting to be vulnerable, it matters who your partner is. It matters how they respond to you. Because, for example, we're going to talk about rejection a little bit today. But, for example, if you try something new or you express that you want to try something new and your partner goes, oh, my God, that's gross. Or they go, oh, why did you do that? Or, like, that didn't feel good at all. It's like this is a practice where you're wanting to become more vulnerable and it matters the response from your partner too, because it's a fragile state Right. with somebody who's just kind of an asshole and you're trying to open up, it's not going to work. You, this is this vulnerability work and expressing yourself. You can only express yourself as authentically as the person's willing to receive you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you can be really authentic, but if your partner's an asshole, good luck. Yeah. If just or she is just completely unwilling to receive you and to work with you and to like open themselves to and do some self-development, it isn't going to go very far. Yeah, so it's internal work and also doing reflection on am I just not able to be vulnerable because every time I try something new, my partner tells me I'm weird. Right. Or because that's a whole other issue. Right. Or because I don't actually feel safe. Like, yes, the the reason so many of us have an issue with vulnerability is for, you know, all of the reasons we've already mentioned, but also because to be vulnerable in some way, we have to feel safe. Like, I'm just going to be super soft and open with somebody who I don't feel safe having sex with. Right. It's, it I mean, reflects your level of vulnerability often shows experiences from when you were younger or in relationships. So if you, for instance, are a male and you were crying when you were younger and your dad says, what are you, a pussy? Okay, well, guess what? You're never going to cry again. Right. right. You're like going to be thinking of that forever of, okay, great. If I cry, I'm all of a sudden a feminine woman. Right. Yeah, if you if you explore something in sex with your partner and your partner goes, okay, that was really weird. Why did you do that? You're going to just be totally shot down. <laughs> right. And so this, these next steps, which we're going to get to, we've been talking for about an hour already because we, we've been very passionate today. Um, but if, you know, we're going through these steps and you're thinking, I could never do that. Ask yourself, could I never do that or could I never do that with this partner? Yeah. You know? Yep. Okay. Number one, how are we going to become more vulnerable? We are going to face some of our fears, specifically by writing them down. Yes. So I remember when, I think Brene Brown said this in her talk where she's like, I wanted to know what makes people feel vulnerable. A lot of times it's initiating sex with my partner asking a woman on a date, you know, doing something that my family doesn't think I should do, right? Those kind of things. Yes. So for you, in order to begin peeling back the layers of your vulnerability blocks, you have to know what it is that's triggering them. Mm -hmm. What are those fears? What are the things that are making you feel afraid and hardened? Yeah, addressing our fears is something that I have to address with every one of my clients. Mm -hmm. Because we all have fears embedded in us, usually revolving external validation. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know what is driving those fears. 
Are you scared of leaving your job because you're scared that you want to pursue being a broke artist instead of staying in an office? Right. It's vulnerable to think that. It's vulnerable to go out on a whim and try something new. Okay, number two. We are talking about practicing some self-reflection here. (gasps) This is hard. This is hard. It's important that you take time to reflect on your experiences and your emotions. It's hard because vulnerability can be a little bit too much. Like sometimes people are a little bit too vulnerable, right? Where they go on a first date or whatever and it's just like – oh my God, you know, my ex-husband, he cheated on me with these six women. And people kind of don't know there's a social thing too, where when you're practicing vulnerability, it's important to reflect on your own emotions, your own triggers. Right. Um, Well, I'd like to say this. It's not being too much, being vulnerable. It's just that when we're oversharing like that with every person we're encountering or meeting someone and immediately being like oh I could totally see kids with this person and that also is a reflection of some stuff that hasn't been healed inside of you right yeah yes so practicing self-reflection this can help you understand why you're struggling with vulnerability and what you can do to overcome it this is a great journal prompt to have for this number two as well. And Lauren taught me this and I, I love this journal prompt. It's writing down all the times you've lied to yourself. The worst. It's so hard, but you can even change this to name all of the times you wanted to be vulnerable and weren't. Yeah. As many as you can come up with off the top of your head. And it will be a lot at first. A lot. It will be a lot. I wanted to say something here. When we aren't able, I, I wrote this down today because I wanted to bring this. When we are not able to be vulnerable with people that we're dating, with new relationships, during sex, what that means is that we're actually lying a little bit. Yeah. And it means that we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to others. So what happens as an outcome of this is that you never feel like you're actually close with people. You don't feel like your relationships are super fulfilling. You may be really clingy. You may be avoidant. You may be super jealous. There might be a lot of different things that happen when you cannot be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because you don't feel like you're being real. Yeah. Right. And so it makes everything else feel a little bit uncertain and, uh, and insecure. And your whole life is kind of in this like fight or flight mode. So working on vulnerability is good for every part of you. Yeah. And saying, I mentioned this often, but setting boundaries and being able to say no is also as much of a part of vulnerability as wanting to say yes to things. Totally. Yeah, so they're opposite spectrums. You constantly saying yes to people because you need them to externally validate you is you not being able to be vulnerable enough to say, this isn't actually something I want to do. Yes. It doesn't make my heart feel good. And remember, exactly, Camille, remember that if we come back to Brene Brown's quote, right, it's, Having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control of the outcome. A lot of people we aren't vulnerable is because we're afraid that somebody will think we're weird or gross or they won't like what we're saying, right? Mm -hmm. That's being afraid of the outcome. The outcome is if I'm vulnerable and I tell this person that I'm actually really wanting to have an open relationship, they might leave me. So instead of that, I'm going to cheat. Or instead of that, I'm going to hold this down and resent my partner. And now I hate them (laughs) and I'm unhappy. Yeah. So it's like, or, you know, rejection, which I, let's just go straight to the rejection one, Camille. Yeah. Let's go to rejection. This is number three. This is number three. Rejection is so terrifying that we will do anything to avoid it. 
So much so that I used to have an assignment when I was teaching because, you know, I would talk about vulnerability with my students. I had an assignment called Go Get Rejected where all of my students had to leave their cell phones on their desks so I could see them, their backpacks, everything that they had in the classroom. And they had to go out and get rejected. I think I've actually talked about this in another episode, way early yeah. on, like season one. Early, early season one episode. Yeah. Early season one. But I would have them go out and actually get rejected, try to get rejected. And they would come back with the funniest stories, like asking somebody if they could have a bite of their banana, right? Telling one of my shy students, it was so hilarious. She said to a guy, I really love your, your leather jacket. And he's like, thanks. And she said, can I, <laughs> she says, can I have it? <laughs> and he goes, you mean for the class? And she goes, no, forever. She, she asked him if she could have his If jacket. she could have his <laughs> Yes. And, and, you know, it was funny because these students were trying to get rejected. They were not allowed to say it was an assignment until after, you know, if they wanted to save face or mm-hmm. something. The thing is, is that so many of them kept trying to get rejected and then they wouldn't end up getting rejected because people wanted to be kind. And so there's this thing where you think it's a sure thing you're going to get rejected, asking somebody for a bite of his banana. And the guy with the banana said, no, man, but do you need me to buy you lunch? (gasps) You know, like, yeah, we get to be surprised when we're vulnerable rather than just assuming that the thing we want is going to be rejected or weird. We get to be surprised by people's kindness or we can be surprised by how intense their rejection is. Right. Yeah. Either way, you're putting yourself in a state, you're putting yourself in a little bit of discomfort, but breaking your heart open to emotion. Yes. I mean, I just want to say this too, is that it can go really in really beautiful ways to be vulnerable. For example, Shane really just wanted to be my friend. Okay. I knew that we were in a friend's only not friends with benefits, not friends with kissing, not friends with anything, friends, best friends. Okay. I had experience after experience of realizing that I was very in love with him. And I knew that that wasn't an option. And I still told him, okay, that was very vulnerable. And he, it's not that he rejected me. It's just that he wasn't immediately like, yes, let's be together. But later down the line, he said that knowing how I felt about him helped him crack his heart open. And now I'm in such a beautiful union with the person that I love so much. And part of that was because I let him know how I felt. Right. Okay. That is such a good example because I also just want to say that we will never know what will come out of the circumstance unless we give it a shot. Yes. Yes. Obviously I'm talking about reading the room. You're not going up to someone who, please, this rolls into our practicing self-reflection thing, you know, but read the room first. If you, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're never going to see the person again. Right. I love thinking about it that way. Yes. The worst thing that can happen, you're never going to see that person again. So you might as well shoot your shot. We probably said this in our shooting your shot episode. Yeah, but we could do a review because it's been a while. Yeah, we do. It's so important to just go for it. I think that there are other things that could happen. Like, let's say that you're shooting your shot with somebody who's in a friend group of yours. You know, it could be social upheaval. Let's say you're shooting your shot with somebody who's married, but you don't care because you love them so much. Like, there are there are times when being really vulnerable is a big risk. You know what? It's courage. And the, good, courage. News, the good news is, is that I love thinking about this lately. Not that it just takes away all personal responsibility, but... The truth of the matter is about living these weird little lives is that we are actually on a ball floating around outer space. Doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. We're so basically sideways too. Ever thought about that? (laughs) Sideways. We're so tiny. We're so tiny. And sometimes you just have to think about that kind of stuff because it gives you courage to Stop taking yourself so damn seriously. 
I can't, I want to say it every episode because we literally think that the whole universe is like revolving around us. We can't help it. We're egotistical maniacs. We think the whole world is revolving around us. And if we make one mistake that our whole entire world is going to come crashing down, everybody's going to hate us. And we're going to all of a sudden just be a social recluse. And the truth is probably not going to happen. And if it does, it'll be a great lesson. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I do think it's important. We are so tiny. Doesn't really matter. So you might as well go for it. Also, (laughs) nothing you say or do can keep the person that you're supposed to be with away from you. You can have an explosion. You can have a disaster. You can really embarrass yourself. If the person you're supposed to be with actually sees you, and can hear you and actually is like enamored by you, the soul of you, that person's going to be by your side. And yeah. I, I'm not saying abuse, you know, we're, we're not going down that road, but I'm saying if you're in a situation where you have the opportunity to be vulnerable and you are, and that person leaves you, that person wasn't your person. No, but this, it's more than just that. It's if you're in a bar, I mean, this has happened to me on dating apps before where I'm like, oh my God, I've seen some pretty famous people on dating apps Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I have one chance. What am I going to say to the person? If that's my person, it doesn't matter what I say. Right. It doesn't matter how you go up and address that person at the bar. If they're your person. Yes. They will not pass you by. What's meant for you will not pass you by. Yes. Now that I feel like we've hammered rejection in. And by the way, for our wolf pack, if you are wanting more about rejection, let us know because we could do a whole other episode on it. I think we already have one also in season one. I think so too. But, you know, if you are wanting anyway, to talk about We could it. do a revamp. Yes, we can do a revamp. Number four. When working on your vulnerability, start small. You don't have to go from zero to I want you to stick this weird toy in my butt and dress like a bunny. Yeah. Yeah. I want, and this is for the man, you know, whatever a hundred is for you, you choose what level 100 of vulnerability is. Mm -hmm. And then that's what you don't have to go to at first. You don't have to do it at first. Yeah, but you can start small, you know, start doing little things that make you feel vulnerable. Sometimes maybe even just giving somebody a compliment might feel vulnerable. Making eye contact with more people might make you feel vulnerable. That makes a lot of people feel vulnerable. Going on a dating app makes people feel vulnerable and uncomfortable. If you're single, taking yourself out on a date. Yes, that makes people feel really, but oh my God, can I even, the thought of going in and getting a table for one is so cringy. Okay. Then you should probably do that. That's starting pretty small. Yes. Small. Yes. Or, you know, going out for the day without your phone because so much when we feel vulnerable, so many of us just pick up our phone. You get to be in a different world, right? So do not give yourself that option. Or turn your phone off. You can take it with you and turn it off and maybe bring a book or maybe don't do anything, but wait in a line without your phone. Start small. Start small. And let's round it out with number five, which is going to be our final experience for the day. Get some support, honey. A lot of times we're having a problem with vulnerability because we had issues with our childhood. We were rejected early on. We were outcast from a friend group or made to feel kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Somebody said something really mean to us. Somebody said something about us sexually. Somebody hurt us sexually. Right. And we don't feel safe. So if you're having an issue with vulnerability because you feel like you have to protect yourself, you get the opportunity to teach yourself what safety feels like so that you can express from your heart. Yeah, and that is much easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times we can't even see our own patterns. Right. We can't see where we need to increase the compassion towards ourselves. We might actually be thinking the opposite. Like, I need to be more rigid on myself, have more dedication, 
yes. more, more, more in my life when we really need to be opening to empathy, compassion, letting ourselves be, letting ourselves step into who we are, which means sitting with ourselves in silence, maybe not dating people right now. I mean, right. we do so many things to distract ourselves away from the things we really need to heal. So seeking support, whether that's a coach, a therapist, going on a retreat, mm-hmm. I mean, you you really expand to meeting new people, opening yourself up when you're doing things like that. So I don't know how I could have done my healing without support. Yeah. Jeez, I guess I don't either. I mean, we feel really lucky we have each other. Yeah. And luckily some other built-in people who are extremely supportive and knowledgeable in these things. Anyway, I, I can't imagine having done a lot of the work alone so if you are wanting to do this and really go all in seek support invest in yourself invest in your healing so that you can live a more vulnerable and beautiful life and you don't miss out on beautiful opportunities that's right and maybe if you're like lauren the greatest love of your life and like camille so far and like me it was still the greatest love of my life when i decided to be vulnerable that's right If we haven't convinced you about vulnerability, maybe you shouldn't listen to us anymore because we did our best today. (laughs) We laid it down hard. We laid it down hard. And so we love you. And that's what we have to say for today. That was our vulnerability episode. We love you. Get out there and get rejected, Wolfpack.